Hello, and welcome to episode 102 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete D. Mayo. Hey, everybody. Can I say one thing? It seems like it's been way too long since we were sitting around this microphone. I feel like we say that every single episode. Well, hopefully our our listeners feel that way too. So I have a New Year's resolution, Pete. What's that? We are going to try to go every week with a podcast. We haven't done that in a while. But the mm-hmm. next few weeks, I want to really try to do it. Oh. Yeah, we fell off the wagon in the summer because when we go, that's when we go to every other week. Yeah. And we never really pick back up. Right. So, so you know. I'm traveling actually in the next couple of weeks, so I don't know if we can. <laughs> so you've already broken your New Year's resolution. Uh, yeah. Well, our resolutions are there yeah. to be broken. But I do want us to get back to, uh, you know, talking to the, the listeners, um, they definitely appreciate it when it's consistent. Yeah. So I think we need to There's definitely a do a better job of There's a podcast-shaped hole in yeah. our heart where we haven't been able to. But I will tell you this for nothing. That is that we are still getting a lot of downloads, even though we're not publishing fresh content every single week. So thank you Woo-hoo. for all those new listeners that are just tuning in for the first time. It, it's it amazes me because um, you can tell when it's a new subscriber because they go and download a bunch of the old episodes as well. So it's really cool to watch. Uh, also with me today, my fellow Fuelogan is Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And rounding out the crew, Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. I like that t-shirt. Thanks. It's for our hot wing challenge we're having later today. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that, man. That's Yeah, we're going to be burning up. That's ugly always. So it's this, this will be the second time we've done it. If you've ever seen Hot Ones on YouTube, it's kind of how we base it, and we're just going to get progressively hotter up until I think we have uh, our final hot sauce is 3 million plus Scovilles. Yeah. Any, anything above a few thousand Scovilles, it's yeah. just gets hot and painful, but... People didn't tune in to listen to that. They tuned in to listen to hotel marketing advice. So today's topic is going to be about reviews. And more importantly, when you do get a bad review, which every hotel is going to get a bad review from time to time, when you do get those bad reviews, how do you respond? And we're going to focus on on, uh, TripAdvisor specifically today. We're going to give some examples of some real reviews of hotels that we're not affiliated with, but ones that we've found uh, entertaining or scary in some cases in terms of the responses and just kind of break down what people did right what they did wrong i think we've got a variety some are really really good some are really really bad and some are kind of in between we're going to break down our thoughts on those and then give you some tips at the end of how to approach responding to online reviews so that's that's the topic but as ever before we jump into that pete will you take us away all right well, with hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news a I feel like you've been practicing. That's all I did this Christmas. Yeah. New Year's. I just sat there and practiced. Yeah. Until and my wife said, you're out. <laughs> 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 so who's got a news a for us? I've got one here. So, and this was on FocusWire. came out on the 8th. So whenever you're listening to this, it was that many days ago. But basically... Well, you gotta, Marriott, people listen at any time. So the 8th of what? You gotta say. Oh, the 8th of January, 2019. Oh, there you go. So anyway, Marriott and Expedia are currently, in, according to the headline, in a battle over commissions that could trigger industry-wide overhaul. So very clickbaity, but it is pretty interesting. And it talks about how, obviously, one of the major flags in the industry and Expedia are working together to find some type of resolution to what is the right amount of money to pay for an OTA booking. 
Marriott is targeting 10%, and exchanges are going back and forth on distribution, what will and will not be included in terms of loyalty programs, and a lot of other things that are kind of going into that negotiation. So it's a really interesting article to read and kind of understand what's happening, because I do think the headline is right in some extent, because if you know that the bottom is 10%, it gives you an idea of where Expedia is willing to move based on the size of your property, your brand, or your company. This, and I, I don't want to sound dramatic about this, but this is going to fundamentally change the industry. Whatever happens here, it, it, this is going to set the stage for the next several years in terms of intermediaries. And, I, you know, it. I don't know that either Marriott or Expedia can come out as winners on this. Certainly Expedia is going to struggle too. Mm-hmm. And and I think if you really dig into the nuances of what what is getting negotiated, the details, right? Merit set this ten percent um, as as a vanity metric of as the percentage of commission they're going to pay. But the, a part of this negotiation is also all the advertising they're going to be doing on the platform. So mm-hmm. they Marriott may come away spending the same or more, but then they have that win that they can thump their chest off and say, "But we're only paying ten percent commission mm-hmm. to the franchisees and." And, and all that stuff. So you've got you've got a lot of people watching what happens here. You've got the other flags, right? Hilton uh, uh, certainly paying major attention to this because anything Marriott gets, they're going to want, yep. right? Um, I don't think Marriott's in a position to be able to call Expedia's bluff because that would have catastrophic effects on, on people flying the flag of Marriott. Mm-hmm. I don't think Expedia can really afford to let the Expedia, uh, Expedia can't afford to let Marriott drop off because that's a huge chunk of inventory yeah. that is in high demand. Although they have done, there is a precedent. They have allowed that to happen before. So that that's that. If it's a game of chicken, that could be what happens. Mm-hmm. But you've also got other OTAs and potential OTAs watching this with bated breath as well, right? Because if this is a stalemate or if this becomes really ugly then Google or TripAdvisor can come in and swoop swoop in and save the day or at least gain traction because of this, mm-hmm. you know? So. Well, then the other thing that's going in Expedia's favor is okay. it's been what, about two years since they launched or a lot of the brands have launched the Book Direct campaigns. Those have not had a significant impact in changing the percentage of overall OTA bookings for any given property. You know, so it makes it appear that, you know, yes, the properties are going to be a little bit beholden to the OTAs, and they can't necessarily just say, ah, you know what, forget about it. I can get those bookings direct, because that's clearly not happening in many cases. Right. They probably could, right, eventually. But that's right. the problem. They don't have the runway to, to be able to take that risk, because mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind, if you are someone with the weight of, of Marriott, that... Two years from now, if you were to get rid of OTAs, you could be successful with a direct booking strategy, but it would take you a couple of years to get to that point. And there's no way all the people that are so invested in Marriott properties are going to wait that long. Yep. You know, So if they were a wholly owned company and they managed or they owned all the properties that are managed under a Marriott flag, it would be a lot easier to, to bite the bullet and, and take the risk. Mm-hmm. They just they can't afford to, you know. And I think Expedia knows that. And there's there's a couple of lines drawn in the sand, and it's it's almost like the government stalemate right now, right? That neither side is really willing to budge on a couple of really key points. 
Uh, the other interesting thing, we talked about this same topic on the This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing show last week. And uh, someone, I think it may have been Ed St. Ange, brought up the point that we, we're off the back of several years of very good economy, right? That the hotel industry has seen consistent growth from an occupancy and ADR standpoint for since 2009 consistently. And really, the OTAs um, have been allowed to be successful by, I'd say, in some cases, lazy revenue management, uh, lazy marketing, things like that. But when the industry does turn and, and we start heading into a de- decline, the OTAs are going to be really having a lot more control. You know, They're going to be the place where people are going to turn to for distribution more aggressively in and i think we're on the cusp of that so the longer expedia waits on this negotiation the better it is for expedia because i think we're going to start seeing indicators that suggest the market could be softening and that plays into the into the ota's hands so i i tell you what i don't i don't think i'd want to invest in expedia or marriott right now just because because it's so volatile there's there's so many unknowns you know there's not going to be a headline that comes out that this is a win-win negotiation someone or both are going to be perceived as being a loser in this mm. time will tell but it's a big deal it has huge implications i mean imagine imagine if if expedia does get the temps i mean if merit does get the 10 percent, and and what that's going to do to everyone else following in 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 suit behind them what happens if they don't and they pull out you know, both of those have far-reaching ramifications through the industry. And if I was Google right now, I'd be very, very excited about this turmoil going on because it just means an opportunity for me to come in and start still market share. There you have it. Mm. So we have another newsroom? We do have another newsroom, and this is also from Focus Wire. So thanks, Focus Wire, for being so relevant to us. This is a new hotel booking platform offers cryptocurrency rebates for travelers. And oddly enough, I'm the one who picked this one. Last year, I did not really understand the whole cryptocurrency blockchain thing, but I have read no less than, I think, five articles in the past two weeks about blockchain in the hotel industry. Didn't you do the episode that we did on blockchain? Yes. Weren't you on it? And it was still over my head. (laughs) (laughs) I know you tried to explain it, but it was still a bit over my head, but now it's starting to sink in, and this is really interesting to me. So this was announced at CES. Uh, apparently on January 7th of 2019, that a new blockchain-based hotel booking platform is being launched that is not taking commission on bookings, and it's giving back 5% of each transaction to to travelers in the form of cryptocurrency as a reward for booking on their system. And then that can be either used to book again or trade it in for cash or get some sort of a gift card. I just thought this was... So what's their revenue model if they're not taking commission? It doesn't really... It, it they get their own cryptocurrency that they're trying to create value. <clears throat> right. Yeah. It's, I am not a fan of using crypto in this sense. I think there's so many benefits to the blockchain technology for a hotel, but I kind of feel like they're not bringing anything uniquely valuable to the table here. I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm so against this bandwagon of blockchain it, it's unbelievable i think mostly the bandwagon's kind of already fallen apart and, and you can see when they started raising capital for this was back in may when everything was going through the roof 
you know, so it was like, hey, let's just right when Bitcoin money was at at, yeah. like close, yeah. I don't know, twenty thousand. Yeah, I mean, they were throwing money coin. at coin that was you know right. getting released. There's a lot of value in having you know blockchain technology in terms of member management, you know, bookings, I everything. I just disagree because as a technology, not as a coin, not as a crypto. No, I'm not talking about crypto, but I'm I'm talking like to me, blockchain is is a very secure ledger right it, mm -hmm. it's a way of storing information but it has there's a downside to it there's there are compromises to using it in terms of the efficiency in terms of having to actually do the computation related to the the crypto mm -hmm. part of it right the cryptology stuff so for, for stuff like membership and loyalty which is where people keep saying blockchain could come in why why not just have a really good relational database with with good mm -hmm. software engineered to to run the program there, there's no need for the for the cryptology part of blockchain where you, you're adding overhead that's completely unnecessary so this is this what they're saying is this is its own cryptocurrency this isn't one of the more well-known cryptocurrencies correct that they, they, yeah so the every every person that's jumped into a startup related to blockchain right now the big thing is they're trying to fund it through a new cryptocurrency right because what what bitcoin did which was smart and a lot a lot of other folks have done ethereum others have done is they can basically find a way to self-fund themselves if people adopt that specific currency mm -hmm. because for every you know let's call it peat bucks for every peat buck that you give out you can create some for yourself and then as that peat buck increases in value, you're increasing the value of what you own as an asset. So that's that's what they're doing here with this. Um, and this is solely like a, a loyalty program thing just to create popularity but, within them. Well, this is a, this. Yeah. So this is an OTA with a differentiator that you're earning loyalty through the value Fake of the crypto. Money. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seems silly. Yeah, I, I don't see it taking off and becoming mainstream to the point where it's a big enough distribution channel for hotels to really get behind it. Because I don't have think, a customer who right, wants to use. I don't BTU. think the customer's going to get behind it because it's one blockchain is still confusing to a lot of people, especially cryptocurrency. You know that it's not something that's really become mainstream, even though people were hyped up about Bitcoin when it was mm -hmm. going up thousands of percent. Uh, but I don't know. I'm very. I agree with this. you on that, but I'm just saying that I, I just I'm telling the last two weeks everything in my newsfeed has been blockchain, 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 yeah. blockchain. Well, you could do this exact thing, right? This exact um, business model without blockchain if you were funding it some other way. Yeah. The only reason that they're having to use blockchain and creating their own cryptocurrency is because no one's going to invest in the product because. It's, it's just, really not a yeah. viable product, right? If they had a business model where they were charging the hotels, you know, a commission like a normal OTA did, but lower than the others, this could be viable because they're giving, you know, loyalty, giving value back to the to the people that are booking. But, yeah, this mm. really feels like look at the shiny new thing we have. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's probably because they've already how done they got what bench they capital. wanted to do. Yeah, they've already raised capital from the ICO. They've already sold the coin got it out there at this point now they're kind of just having to kind of make something yeah. happen but i don't think it could ever take off it's only for hotels so i i have to stay at a whole bunch of hotels for my btu to be a big enough value mm -hmm. that i'd care about right yeah 
not a fan. Don't, don't, I mean, keep an eye on stuff like this. It could always become a viable distribution channel. And we're always wanting new distribution channels to come because you don't want to be beholden by just one or two. But right now, this is not something you need to worry about as an individual hotelier. All right. So that's that then. That's, it has been spoken. It, it is decided. All right, so let's, let's jump into the, the topic at hand. So we're talking about reviews and specifically when you get bad reviews. You know, you should probably always respond to reviews. You know, people kind of debate whether if it's a positive review, you should respond or you need to respond to everyone. I think, you know, I could fall on both sides of that argument. But let's focus just on bad reviews. When someone comes to your property, you don't meet their expectations. Um, sometimes those those bad reviews are legitimate, right? That people have a legitimate complaint and it wasn't dealt with on property. And, uh, you know, you have a second chance to make it right to the, to the guests. And I think the first example that we're going to go go into it illustrates that, where someone did have a, a bad experience, but the property, I think, did the right thing in how they responded. So Right. So this one is from uh, Stanford Plaza in Brisbane. And the guest had um, had issues because they were placed next to the service elevator, so it was really loud, and it kind of kept them up all night. They called the front desk. Front desk uh, came to deal with the issue. Um, well, they like, offered they offered to move them first, and the person it was like late in early in the morning, like two a.m., and they didn't want to move to start with. But then they decided after the first time they were going to call back, right? And, and they did want to move. And they and they said that the the person they dealt with at the front desk was was rude to them the first time that they spoke. Um, anyway, they they like Stuart said they did move them, um, and the staff member was kind of the issue here. Yeah, with the review. and and it sounds like the first time they called the front desk, it was okay, but they chose not to move. They understood. They got. They learned what the problem, <laughs> what the situation was were given an option, chose not to do it. Then they called back and that second staff member w acted like they um, were being put out by the guest and it, you know, it, they didn't feel like it, they were trying to serve them. So just to clarify, one, I want to disclaim that this is all allegedly, right? We're, we're going from what the guest wrote on TripAdvisor and we're going from what the property responded to on TripAdvisor. So we're not, you know, anything we say is not our opinion. It's not related to what they say to the stays themselves it's not our opinion it's just what they said so this is all alleged uh but you can also read the full reviews on TripAdvisor. we'll put links to them in the show notes as well so if you go to fueltravel.com slash podcast click on episode 102 you can get access to these specific reviews so how did uh how did the property respond to this all right so the property obviously follows up with their TripAdvisor reviews which is good and this is their response. First, I said, firstly, I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to advise of your recent stay at the Stanford Plaza, Brisbane. It is only through feedback such as yours that we are able to maintain and indeed, where necessary, improve upon services that we provide our valued guest. I was disappointed to read that your experience during your stay with us, whilst, which is a great English way of saying something, yeah, whilst Australian. an apology will, will regrettably not alter the outcome of your experience on this occasion, I do wish to extend it with sincerity. I certainly emphasize reg regarding the points you mentioned in your review, especially the noise you experienced in your room and poor service you received as a result. This level of service is certainly not acceptable and will be addressed with the concerning party. We have also added a note 
in your guest profile to ensure that you will not be placed by the lifts in the future. I am pleased to announce that you have, we have just embarked on a lift modernization project that will reduce the noise when the lifts complete. We will be also be in contact to discuss farther with you. Again, please accept my apology and hope this hasn't put you off from a return state with us. I, I would give that an A+. Plus <coughs> I think that was a great response. Right. So they're, they're apologizing for what happened. They're not, you know, a lot of times people can apologize for how you feel about what happened. Right? No, they're taking ownership of the problem. They're acknowledging it. Acknowledging, acknowledging. They're acknowledging it. Um, they're empathizing with them. They address the specific issues. And they fixed the elevator. Right. Yeah. Well, my or favorite part about this was putting it right, right in the guest portfolio of, hey, next time you stay with us, we won't put right. you next to an right. elevator. Mm-hmm. So they and and they go beyond that though because not only they you know they they get and this is one thing I really want everyone to take from this episode when you're responding to a review. You're not necessarily just writing it for the individual that wrote the initial review. That's important, right? Addressing that individual as an individual and trying to get them to come back to your property and turning that negative experience into a positive experience is critical, which they did here. But what they also did was they addressed all the other audience that could see this, right? So every other potential guest that re- is reading reviews, is discerning, is going to see this and be like, oh man, I, I don't. I don't want to stay in this room, in this hotel, because I might get that room. But they're short-circuiting them having to worry about it because they're saying, we're addressing this problem for everyone. We're renovating that. We're upgrading that thing. So it's a permanent fix for everyone, but also a personalized fix for the individual as well, which is great. And then they go on to you know welcome them back and, and try to extend that olive branch at the very end where they say, we hope you'll come stay with us again, mm-hmm. You know, which I think is critical in any negative review you should never burn the bridge and assume that that person is is now dead to your property. Whoops! You should always hope that there's an opportunity to win them back. And the other thing they did, which I really liked, was they said, "And we're going to reach out to you, and right. you know, have an actual conversation and deal with the situation more <coughs> person to person." Which, rather than saying anything publicly that's going to encourage other people to write a bad review, that's the way to handle it. A plus. Yeah, that was that was really good. So that was probably the best one we're going to cover this episode. I think the rest, there's some good points, but there's some that I, I think could be improved upon. Yeah, so this next one is from right here in Myrtle Beach, the Hilton Garden Inn. Um, the reviewer uh, was leaving the review because they were evacuating Florida due to Hurricane Irma. Um, we all know how difficult that can be in this room. Um, I'm sure some of you do as well. But the review here is unfairly scathing i think of the hotel staff um who were just basically doing their jobs and um, hotel staff had to call their room about barking dogs um and the reviewer claimed the staff was being insensitive and unaware of fema laws yeah and i, and I think they also the the reviewer acknowledged in the review that that, that they had lied to the property about yes. the dogs. yeah absolutely she said uh she said I was asked by the front desk if they were service dogs. They aren't, but of course I said they were so they could stay. Right. Like, oh, but the, the point was that the, she misunderstood why they were asking. It wasn't that they couldn't stay if they weren't service dogs. It was because a, a property has to deal with service dogs differently than they do regular pet dogs, right? Because if a service dog is trained that if, if their owner is incapacitated the service dog will bark Mm -hmm. and then the hotel's responsibility is to go into the room open the room 
in, in check on the situation. So I think the, the, the reviewer started out on the wrong foot, making assumptions about the property when the questions were asked and took offense to those, which kind of set it off in, in a, a wonky direction. Now, I will say it doesn't seem to me on the surface, and I think you and I disagree on this one a little bit, Bill, because you, you felt like this was a really good response. And I felt like it was good in parts, but probably went a little too far in parts. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm... I Let's read the response. Yeah, read the response, and then we'll, we'll let you response. decide, listeners. <laughs> Thank you for giving us some feedback on your stay with us. I truly apologize for what you must have gone through in the past few days. Having experienced similar situations here in Myrtle Beach in New Jersey, I know that you have to be displaced by one's home and wondering what will be left can be very nerve-wracking. Of course, our staff here is well aware of FEMA laws, and we have waived many of our hotel policies to allow all types of animals and pets into our establishment during this time of need by so many. That being said, we also still need to know which animals on the property are service animals and which ones are not, as different rules may apply to each animal. That way we know if a true service animal is in a room and we hear a continued barking, we would work under the assumption that there was something gravely wrong with the guest versus a person who has his or her pets in the room and the dog was barking. Then we would ask the guest on behalf of our, our on behalf of all of our guests to please quiet the dogs down and not to leave them alone in the hotel room. I appreciate your thoughts on the condition of our award-winning hotel, and we do take all those types of comments seriously as we continue and always try to improve our property. We are already scheduled to do a complete hallway renovation in December of this year to address any shortcoming of the property. Right, yeah, we left that out of the when, the summary. Uh, she also complained that the carpets in the hallway were... Dingy. Yeah, she, well, she was obviously <coughs> mad and just started... Yeah, It got emotional when she started mm -hmm. kind of dogging on... Yeah. Pun intended, dogging on the property. <laughs> nice pun. Yeah. I mean, I think this. I think the way they handle it is awesome. One of the problems I think that all hotels have is a customer sees or a, someone considering this property, they see a two star or two dot review. And a lot of times they don't read why, because if you actually look at what happened, I. I think that's undeserved. And it was a case. unique situation. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I agree to a degree. I think I think how it was responded to was, was good. And I'll be honest, Melissa, hearing you read it versus me reading it in my head, because when I read it in my head, the person was kind of a smart ass, just because my inner <laughs> yeah. voice is kind of a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. And you were very you know calm and non-defensive with it. But there were a couple of words that I think could have triggered someone that's already clearly emotional, right? So when, when they said... Um, when they got defensive about our award-winning property, yeah, I think that like I feel like that was an unnecessary dig. Now I get why they're saying um, that we're getting ready to refurbish this, but I felt like it was a a slap back at them. Mm -hmm. And then there was another part earlier on where she where where the res the responder said, "Of course, our staff are trained." Like it was almost like a you know contentious argument, yeah, um, which I don't think was necessary. You know, so there are just, a, it was overall, I think it was good in terms of the way it was handled. I loved the way they empathized with the individual talking about how they'd suffered similar situations with hurricanes. So I think the effort was good, but I wish there was a little less emotion or, or trigger words in the response because you're dealing with someone that's clearly alienated, clearly emotional, 
the last thing you want to do is ex- exacerbate that it's situation. It's also someone who fell for a hoax because that mm-hmm. hotels oh, must no. accept pets is <coughs> not a FEMA law. And no. a lot of people think it is because Facebook said so. Fake news. And it also, is. the hotel's job is not to just monitor Facebook for FEMA alerts. Right. <laughs> and a fake FEMA alert at yeah. that. So it's just, I, I felt that they handled it well, probably because I'm, I have a feeling that this GM was probably fed up with people saying you must allow me and my pets because like yeah. I said when that was going around around Hurricane Irma that that FEMA hoax was was big right. mm-hmm. but they even said the GM said they did accept pets right. because they, they waived their, their policy because of the mm-hmm. situation which is the right thing to do um, even though that creates a whole bunch of problems for the property mm-hmm. that is that's the the humanitarian thing to do for sure they were in they were hospitable yeah, and this is the hospitality industry, yes. after all. <laughs> they didn't correct them on their there, there, and there. And I was proud of them for that too, because I don't know if I can. Well, that—that's where I think you're getting too personal, and we'll see this in a couple of the, the next reviews, where sometimes people can—it becomes like a pissing contest yeah. almost, you know. And you point out the stupidity battle. of these people, and somehow that discredits uh, or devalues their opinion. Uh, just stay away from that. Right. It can be funny, but don't do it. Yeah, do it. Do it to your staff member next to you, but don't don't do it in a public forum like that. All right, what's the next one? Uh, Number three. Number three. three, three, three All three, right. Three. So this is the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs. In this review, uh, the reviewer was just harsh out of the gate. The headline was, looks like a building from Chernobyl on the outside. <laughs> Oof. So when you start with that, you can kind of understand where they're going. Um, a laundry list of complaints here. Uh, they claim the hotel hasn't been updated since the 80s. The bath didn't drain. Paint on the door was faded. No air conditioning. Elevators were cramped and slow. Service at breakfast was subpar. Internet connection was slow. Uh you know, obviously, this person—they were an angry elf. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely a South Pole super elf. Super angry, and I mean, the pro- the properties had twelve hundred plus other reviews that are not comparable to what this person. Yeah, was this saying. is definitely, and and when we were going through these, we definitely looked at the context, right, to see if we're not going to pick a hotel where every review is is trashing the property. We, these are properties that were decent, three and above st- dots. Um, majority were positive reviews, so we're taking outlier negative reviews and then the responses mm-hmm. from such right so what was the response so the response was incredibly lengthy and i don't know if it would be a good podcast for us just to read this entire thing yeah <clears throat> but i can summarize it so it's, it starts off with dear so-and-so it is with regret that i read your review posted on the 27th of february first and foremost i am disappointed that you did not enjoy your stay here at the silver springs moran Hotel, the principal, the principal of customer care to our valued guests and enjoyment of their stay, to our, is our priority at all times. I understand when speaking to a member of our front staff that you did not wish to speak to a member of the management team, due to the fact that you stated, in quotes, most of the time they cause the problems. So, so they're already off the rails, in my opinion. Here, yes, I, I, I think. They're already getting personal in terms of a he said, she said, mm-hmm. right, which which is not good. And when they, they apologized, they didn't apologize for the issues. They apologized for the fact that the person 
didn't appreciate. Yeah, the very next line that Pete didn't continue. I am I am sorry you felt like this as I myself person. Yeah, right. You're not sorry that they feel away. You're sorry that you created the situation that made them feel that way. And then from there, he goes, "Yes, I'm sorry you felt this way. I would have liked to address address this with you." Moving on, it goes, unfortunately, when a review starts by comparing the hotel to one of the greatest man-made disasters and loss of innocent life of the 20th century, I'm unsure as to how my efforts to find a resolution would have proceeded. So now they're engaging in the nonsense. Shots fired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nuclear reactors (laughs) melted down, literally. You know, it's... It's just... It's unnecessary. And and it's it's petty, right? He's not done. He has paragraph after paragraph going on from... The hotel was built in 1964. We've had renovations to suggest that the hotel hasn't been redecorated since Ronald Reagan's presidency. And for assistance, he puts in quotes, 1981 through 1989. Right. So he's like fact-checking at this (laughs) point, right? So he did say that the room that the guest stayed in had just recently been renovated. And they did have some problems that they had to address painting a door and whatnot but then again he kept pushing it back onto the guest right for yeah every, he went line by line through every individual complaint which which there was a litany of complaints from the guest but they rebutted every single one and not one did they really own up to the mistake not no. one of them did they the say one about that's the bath on us not draining that was his response to the bath not draining was like I checked it it was draining you didn't know how to use the drain yeah like hey <laughs> right yeah. relax guy yeah you must obviously not bathe enough so. <laughs> so and and then going on from there he just and like I said when you start going line by line and rebutting his issues it turns it into just a pure conflict and you're helping make the point of why this person gave the property a one dot. Yeah, it's defensive on every point. And instead of saying, here's what we're doing to resolve your issue, it's it's defending yourself. And that's not, that's right. not what And we think recommend. about this again from the bigger concern here is I, it's very unlikely that guests ever going to come back to the property, right? So now you're really dealing with optics. So what is the perception of everyone else that reads this review? Because if a lot of people are going to read that review because of the catchy clickbait headline right that would draw people's attention so how do you diffuse the situation with your response they they did the exact opposite of that you know they would have been much better served to to apologize that they had a bad experience not engage in any of the nonsense or even the specifics talk about what they've done to improve the property and point out to other people that the majority of reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would have been a much better use of that response. Yeah. And he goes on for paragraph after paragraph, kind of wrapping up with, during the week, the hotel does the utmost to cater to its corporate cl- t- clientele as we have a strong business base. And while it's your own personal view that we should not be considered for business again, I feel it's unfair based on the experience of our corporate guests who I speak to on a regular basis. So again, they're getting into a pissing contest yeah. and they're just uh, it's argumentative. The whole tone of that response is mm-hmm. argumentative. You skip the other portion where, uh, I, I guess in the review, they said the, the front desk person was chipper or something yeah. like that. And the guy was like, I'm sorry if they were too exuberant for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just textbook bad. how not to. Very passive aggressive, yeah. the yeah. whole thing, for sure. Well, you all know people like that, but you don't need to be pushing. That doesn't need to be the public image of your property, yep. for sure. All right. All right. Next one. Um, some of you may have seen this one. It's it's kind of 
noted around if you ever looked up responses to reviews of some people bring up this hotel doolin uh in ireland they have some funny responses to bad reviews but basically this review is as simple as possible uh the guest was frustrated that there was poor wi-fi and that was all they said and gave them like a one dot review because of the wi-fi alone Here, here's a, a, a tip <clears throat> if the person writes a one sentence review that kind of gives you an idea of where how long your response should probably be right yeah. <laughs> think about how much damage is that going to do to other guests you know and and what they responded and and to be fair i think this is part of the persona of the property that, that, you know is. there's another article going around this week about the same property that so, something similar where they were they were really funny and talked about their 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 um employees not being pirates and <laughs> that they were going to actually execute the three employees that had caused <laughs> distress to the guest and like just over the top craziness which I think it's funny, can get some um, PR buzz for sure, but I, I don't think I would ever recommend it as a strategy. No, yeah. I, so, I, I, so what did they... So yeah, let's get, jump into the, the <coughs> okay, response and then we can break it down. All right. So the response is, we are extremely disappointed with your rating of terrible for our hotel because of our Wi-Fi signal. There's so much more to Hotel Doolin and indeed Doolin than the Wi-Fi signal. The Wi-Fi in Doolin and throughout most of the west of Ireland is terrible, but thankfully most people come on holidays here for reasons other than the strength of the internet signal. Some people actually like to talk and mingle with other people in Fitz's bar or listen one of our traditional music sessions that take place every night of the week. Others like to go for long walks in the wilderness to disconnect with the pace of modern life and reconnect with their soul and nature. I note that you were traveling on a bike and needed radar. Now, if you were traveling on the Battlestar Galactica, I would understand the need for radar. But on a bike? I apologize for the tone of this response, but it is born out of frustration. I would like to inform all other visitors to Hotel Doolin, and indeed Doolin, that we have Wi-Fi, but sometimes the signal is not great. There's nothing we can do about this, and if you are looking for somewhere where you can be assured of super high-speed broadband at all time, I would suggest you holiday elsewhere. Or alternatively, just stay in your office and take your holiday virtually. Otherwise, can I suggest that you put off your holiday and duel into the year 2050, by which time we will have all wireless chips implanted in our brains, and there will be no need to interact with one another for any reason. In the meantime, I would ask you to direct any complaints about the Wi-Fi in Doolin to Minister Alex White, who is the incumbent Minister for Communications in our government. His email address is blah, 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 or his government have, and his government have been promising to do something about the broadband infrastructure in Ireland for a while, so perhaps he can help. Best regards, general manager, guy's oh. name. I love this response so much. I know you guys might not, but personally, is, I really appreciate the sarcasm. It is it's so really sarcastic good. and so funny. And I I think it's a great response because it shows their little personality in their little town. And, and that's just who they are. Do I recommend this? No, because most people who would try something like this with a sarcastic response are going to screw it up and they're yeah. going to look like jerks. This, to me, is funny. Yeah, it's such a fine line between humor and offense, you know, and, and these guys straddle it perfectly. It, it, it just teeters, right? <laughs> but there's some things in there where they just, I mean, when they start questioning the, the person's need for Wi-Fi because they're on a bike, that's... <laughs> I'm just like, that's not necessary, dude. But 
you know, I, th- I think it, it, it deals with a real issue um, that, that they experience at the property, that everyone is going to experience at the property. And you see in their reviews, a lot of people complain about the Wi-Fi. And they also try to sell the value of staying there uh, other than Wi-Fi, right? There are things to do. But they definitely got a little bit too, uh, I don't know, jabby <laughs> yeah, back attack. at the person. They attack back. Bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, I, like you said, I could never recommend this as a strategy unless you are a professional comedian. Yeah, if you're a comedian, eh, maybe even even then, probably not, just because you want to, you know, keep that. Yeah, and ha- have someone else read it before hand. you publish it. Yes, and and as a rule in general in life, anytime you have to write, it, whether it's an email or a response or whatever, I apologize for the tone of this email <laughs> or this response. Stop. And, and rewrite. rewrite it because if you're having to apologize unknowingly for the tone, then you got the wrong tone. So, and the one the one thing that I would definitely say don't do, even in this funny response, is don't ever tell someone to never come back to your property. Yeah, no, there's always an opportunity, and sometimes the just someone who's detracted now can become your best advocate. You know, there's so many studies that have proven that that someone that had a bad experience that you fixed shows a lot more loyalty in the long long run so always be looking to to extend an olive branch make it up to people never burn a bridge I, i'm pretty sure that br- this bridge here was yeah that was burned 100 percent burned all right let's we're, we're kind of getting long on this so we've got a couple more that we'll include in the show notes but let's let's do one more shall we all right so this one, uh, the review cites a lot of noise heard in the room, how poorly the children were treated by the staff, um, how they were charged for things they didn't order, how the rooms were robbed during the during their stay because the doors were able to be pushed open. Uh, basically just tore, tore the hotel apart. Yeah, and, and to be honest, this wasn't the only review that was like that. There are a lot property. of very similar reviews to this and yeah. a lot of very similar responses to the one you're about to hear. <laughs> yeah. Pete, can you do this one in character? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have it. Your you, French cat? I, I don't see that. I'm, I'm good at one sentences there. So I'm going to do this in, in regular, but if you want to pretend that I'm... Just do it. Like, do it angry. <laughs> it is unbelievable to read something like this because during your stay, we had spent one week in a difficult position for your fault and for the problems that you have caused to our other guests. We are a five-star hotel, and we think that it's normal to have good manners and to respect. This does not include putting dirty boots on our famous Italian LaBelle sofa situated in the reception hall. Since your first day, you started to open the doors with a shove, and also this is not included in in the request of good manners of the hotel. We had moved some of our guests from your corridor for your noises and for your arrogance. This is a big inconvenience for the hotel because we have a receipt of a lot of complaints and we gave to our guests a complimentary room without payment or supplement. We would like to remember, like we would like for you to remember that all rooms have a private safe where you can leave your things and just in case the owner of the room knows the secret co- and only the owner of the room knows the secret code. If the safe isn't too secure for you, the reception has a main vault and the hotel will keep all responsibility if something is stolen. We do not like to spend bad words on our guests, but we are sure that if there was a trip advisor for guests, you would not be welcoming (laughs) back in our hotel because you are not adequate to our standard. Wow. The owner. You know what that needs at the bottom? (laughs) Good day, sir. (laughs) Well, the salutation or the conclusion is the owner. The owner. (laughs) 
And the owner is the one that responds to a lot of the reviews. Yeah. And that yeah. the owner has some anger management issues. For wow. sure. The owner needs to defer the TripAdvisor responses to yeah. someone else. Yeah, for real. I, I would not want to work for that owner, I don't think. So if there was a TripAdvisor for guests, <laughs> is what they said. They called the guest arrogant. They blamed the, the guest <laughs> yes. for not closing the door properly. I mean, that, You were robbed because you couldn't close the door. It's like, no, we were robbed because we could push the door open without a key. Yeah, and there's no security in your property. Wow. So it, anyway, that's a... So was there any positive from that response? They responded to the reviews, which you want to respond to reviews. I don't... I, I, <laughs> I think don't know. this one would have been point, best. Yeah. I was, I was reaching alone. for that, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no exactly. response would have been better. That That's absolutely true in this case. So that's definitely not how to respond to reviews. Wouldn't you agree? By no means. They yeah, don't the know how to open or close the doors, apparently. Yeah. I would never stay at that property because if, if, it is not an isolated incident. If you look mm -hmm. through, it is... Yeah, if you want to go, go read it for yourself, pop yeah. into our show notes and check that out because there's a few more if you well, just want to have a good chuckle. That does bring up a good point where... There's a couple of things you can do if you get a bad review. One is you can address the review like some of the great properties did. You can ignore the review, which some people did. But the third one is if it is a true review and you don't like it, but it's accurate, you also need to fix your property. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what so many people forget about TripAdvisor is they're getting free advice. You take that for what it's worth. But sometimes there are some, some things in there that you need to change your operating process and do a better job at the property. Yeah, if you could see consistent patterns of people saying the rooms aren't clean enough or that the staff aren't friendly enough, mm -hmm. that that's great insight to how you can improve your property. And we talk about this all the time on the show. We are in the hospitality business. You should treat your property, whether it's two rooms or 500 rooms, like every member of staff is an innkeeper and that every guest is an individual and that they are important. And so taking this information, incorporating it into, you know, all the data you're collecting on the guests in learning from it and adapting your process and improving the product is exactly what good hoteliers should, mm -hmm. should be doing. True um, that. And, and like we said, don't, don't respond if you've got nothing good to contribute and uh, respond correctly if, if you feel like it's needed. So let's jump into that. So let's go through a couple of just quick tips on how to ensure that the responses that you're giving are appropriate and helpful. Uh, the first one should have been listened to by our last responder. Don't <laughs> take it personally. <sighs> yeah. So the, the, the guests you have no control over, right? And they have the right to be angry. They paid you money for an experience. And whether it was their expectation were out of whack or the product didn't deliver um, appropriately, S there's a gap, right? There's an expectation gap that created some kind of friction that created some kind of frustration that led to the negative review. Unless that person's just a butthole and they're trying to get something for free, which is, let's assume it's the minority, right? So you have a disgruntled guest that is emotional. In in no universe is, is it going to help for you to get defensive and emotional about the situation. You, your job at that point is to diffuse. Mm -hmm. And if you get emotional that's when things get squirrely. That's like going to look saw. bad on you. Yeah. And, and again, you're not just responding to that one emotional person. You're impacting and influencing every other potential guest that reads the response. Yeah, and that kind of leads into the second one, which is... Two, 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 two. Don't make the guest feel unwanted. And I'd probably add, don't make the reader 
of this yeah, response any guest, feel right? Unwanted. Not just the reviewer yeah. guest, but all guests. Because yeah. if someone leaves you a one dot on TripAdvisor, they're not your guest anymore. They're probably not coming back to your property, whatever you do. You had that opportunity in many of the cases while that guest was on property and they still did that. Your job now is triage and make sure that the guest, the future guests who are reading this understand your point and don't you know, listen to the guy who gave you the one dot and never visit your property. Mm. You got to recover that person. So it's, it's your chance to stand on a platform and make everybody else feel very wanted and embraced and feel that they're going to be Welcome at the property. welcomed at the property. Yeah. Agree. Next Number three, up three, three, is three. to understand the guests and address their concerns. Because, again, you're in the hospitality industry. This Be is, hospitable. This is how are you fixing the problem? And this is exactly what we just talked about over and over. It's how do you fix it so everybody else feels comfortable to stay with you. Mm-hmm. And remember that, that uh, on the other end of that scathing review is a real person with real feelings you know, and, and, and with friends and with family in other potential guests that they influence in their circle. So you you should want to make it right to that person. Just on a human level, you should. But beyond that, from a business level, word of mouth today is is as important, if not more important than it's ever been with the you know, proliferation of social media. So anytime you can turn a detractor into an advocate, that is a huge win for you as a business. So mm-hmm apologizing owning the mistake um, just like the first review was they owned it they addressed it they were gonna it sounds like they were gonna reach out and, and do a make good whether that was a refund or whatever just just go above and beyond and and you know it comes back to the golden rule that melissa says along the show you can treat other people like you want to be treated but remembering that that person that just pissed you off by leaving a bad review is a person is mm-hmm. the first part of that and you've already just covered number four, which is show empathy and be apologetic. So we don't need to talk about that. But the last, well, one... I don't know because because it's a little different, right? Because the human side is is the empathy, right? But sometimes all people want is an acknowledgement and a, an apology, and you know, in, in life in general. In general, you yeah. know, sometimes that's all someone is looking for is you to say, "I'm sorry, I screwed up," and that's enough. You know, so so don't forget to include that. And and again, going back to the first review, they did it at the beginning, and they reiterated at the end. They they said, "I am sorry for what I did." Not, "I am sorry for how you feel." I'm sorry for what I did. It, and don't make excuses. It's don't not, say, "I'm right. sorry, but." Yeah, yeah. It should never be. This is why it happened. It's I'm sorry. It's getting fixed. We'll do better. You know, that's really what people want to know. They want to know that you, you're addressing, that you take it seriously, you acknowledge the problem, that you're making sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's our final point. Yeah. Show that show that their review made an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you, you've acknowledged them, you're fixing it. Yeah, that's number five. Because at, at the end of the day, we've said this multiple times already this episode, but not only are you having an impact to that individual, but more importantly, to the masses, like we've said. Mm-hmm. Because... Every single person that reads every single review could potentially stay with you or they could stay with your competition. So every every piece of information they read about your property has a chance to lean them in one direction or the other. So you want to make sure every time you're writing a review response that you're nudging people towards staying with you, not towards staying with the, the, the competition. That last reviewer, the owner of that property... 
every single person that re reads a response, by him writing those responses, they're getting pushed hard towards the competition. I don't know anyone that would read that mm -hmm. and say, hmm, I want to go stay in <laughs> yeah, that. I want to try that. I want to go stay in that property and give that guy my money, my hard-earned money. No one's going to do it. So if I'm a reviewer and I leave a review that says, you know, I had a bad time, here's why, and someone says, I'm sorry, I empathize, I'm going to make it up to you, and not only am I going to make it up to you, but I appreciate you telling me this because now I can help other people down the line. That's where you're having an impact. I would appreciate that and I would be a lot more likely to come back to that property. And also, I'd be a lot more likely to talk about that property to other people because they did the right thing. So, I think that's, that. that's it. Responding to reviews. If you're not responding to reviews, you should. And if you are responding to reviews and you're not following these simple rules, then you can obviously get better. And if you want to chuckle at some of these bad responses, then go to the show notes at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 102. And I have one final thought on this because this is the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Mm. This isn't really marketing that we're talking about, though. This is operations, but it's funny how it really is marketing at the same time. Hey, I got, I got a hot take. You ready? I I'm ready. Marketing and operations are the same. I know. Thing. Kind of what I, I threw that to you. <laughs> wow, I threw you a bone. Yeah, and I, I still feel like a lot of properties are siloed. A lot of the folks that listen to us, I think, aren't so much because a lot of them are smaller properties. But the bigger properties, they have a revenue management silo, they have a, a marketing silo, they have an operations silo. But what what I think people need to always remember in that scenario is marketing. All it really does is it amplifies the quality of the product, right? And in the ex guest experience, because ultimately consumers now have the ability to have a voice, whether it's on social media, through TripAdvisor, through, through word of mouth, whatever. So I can, I can put lipstick on any pig and try to amplify that. But when I'm getting bad reviews, when I'm getting bad responses to those reviews, ultimately it doesn't matter how much money I spend, I'm shooting myself in the foot. Because people have visibility into the truth. In marketing, I can spend as much money as I want on pay-per-click campaigns to get people aware of my property. But ultimately, they're still going to come back to TripAdvisor and verify their decision before they make a booking. So all I'm really doing is spending money to drive people to see that I'm not a very good owner of my property if I'm leading bad responses. So. If you have any other funny or bad responses that you know of or if you've given any yourself, send them our way. We're curious. Yeah, for sure. And... uh Definitely go check out some of the ones that we, we said. That Irish uh, property, you can have a lot of fun reading yeah. some of his <laughs> responses. They're really, I mean, really clever. I would read a book of his responses, to be honest, because they make me chuckle so much. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Again, if you're a new listener, we are going to try to do this every week. And we have a plethora, over 100 episodes that you can go back in a back catalog and listen to. Um, if you're loyal member and you've been listening to us for a while and you like what you're hearing but you'd like to contribute to the show send us your questions you know we love to answer questions we've done on several episodes where it's just been responding specifically to a guest question or guest to a listener's question um, that helps us out as well in terms of planning for future episodes so if you are interested in us answering, answering your questions then info at fueltravel.com is our email address you can hit us up on twitter at fueltravel.com 
And then if you want to hit us up individually, Pete, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at PDiMeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Melissa. I'm on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Phil. You can find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler on Twitter. You can, again, find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Show notes to this episode are at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 102. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Oh, no, I was looking at responsi- responsibilities. Yeah, yeah.